Welcome to In the Oil Patch, presented by Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine and sponsored by Steer. In the Oil Patch is where together we learn and explore topics that affect us all in oil and gas, business, and in your community. Every week, our host, Kim Bellotto, along with me, Alvin Bailey, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch. And welcome to this week's In the Oil Patch with Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine. My name is Alvin Bailey, along with your host, Kim Bellotto. Kim, what a week it's been. Here we are again for another week of In the Oil Patch. What's been going on? Well, you know, Alvin, being a statewide publication, we are always consistently being asked to cover events and uh, do expos or attend expos. And so we've been extremely busy. On top of our normal jobs of producing a brand new issue of Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine, and, um, you know, keeping up with the radio show, we've also been creating an advocacy group called Texas Energy Advocacy Coalition, better known as TEEK. So we've been extremely busy covering the whole entire state and the whole topic of energy and business. And you, you typically are, are, you know, running around in the shale oil and gas Lexus, but lately it's been the boat. The shale mag boat. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we do take some time to go out on the water and enjoy the uh, Texas coastline. And so it's been a great um, couple of days off that we've uh, had, I've experienced. Hey, Kim, we're going to do something a little different this week in, in this segment of the show. I want to call it, you know, for lack of a better term, let's call it the round robin. What I'm going to do is we've got five or six different topics that I want to hit on real quick. And it, it's like, it, it's going to be fun, trust me because it's going to be kind of like I'm okay. interviewing you. I'm, I'm picking Kim's brain in the round robin this week on In the Oil Patch. So are we ready, Kim? I'm ready. Round robin starts now. Subject one, let's talk about Teak. Teak is the Texas Energy Advocacy Coalition, and it was actually created um, as a brainstorming uh, occurred between a group of individuals that felt that they wanted to have um, you know, a better understanding of energy, energy topics, especially uh, when it came down to the legislative time that happens here in Texas only every two years. It's an extremely important time. Energy is always affected uh, by pieces of legislation that are passed uh, at the Capitol, the state of Texas Capitol. And so we wanted to get involved and be able to have a better um, awareness of the, the bills that we're passing, as well as, you know, there's a whole bunch of us that are in business, and rather you're in the oil and gas business, or you're in a business that wants to uh, have a greater economic development with oil and gas. There's a lot of us, and the opportunity to be able to network and support one another's businesses was so important. So we just decided to create a group that would be like-minded individuals that support energy and throw their support to energy and energy topics, but also build each other's businesses and the awareness for each other's businesses and continue to help grow everyone to being more profitable. And so this group, Teak, will be meeting. Um, we actually had our first meeting here in San Antonio. It was actually at the Sheridan Gunther downtown. What an amazing evening we had. It was a beautiful night, a beautiful event. We had um, our state senator senator aristi there who has uh, the largest area of oil and gas that's you know spans from the permian basin area some of it all the way into the eagle ford we also had um the texas railroad commissioner david porter's staff there mary bell who helped uh, talk about how important 
uh, regulatory framework matters. And then we also, of course, had Omar Garcia, the president of STEER, which is South Texas Economic Energy Roundtable. And so we talked about how important it is to uh, us to understand and have a greater awareness of oil and gas. And then uh, on Wednesday, we also had our grand opening launch in the beautiful city of Corpus Christi, Texas. You know, San Antonio was great. It was a great turnout. Corpus blew the doors off the place. Well, it gives you an idea of how important energy uh, topics are. There are many cities that um, they are not specifically directly impacted by oil and gas. Corpus Christi is, San Antonio not so much. And so when, as we have these discussions and we start talking, we start trying to help businesses build their businesses in the oil and gas sector, the natural questions come up of how does energy affect us. And so the differences that we saw were that Corpus Christi, because they directly are impacted by a lot of oil and gas, there was a huge, huge, huge turnout. The mayor was there of Corpus Christi. The mayor from Alice was there. And what are the differences? Both of these towns have been directly affected by oil and gas, period. And and it's been a, a tough time for some of these cities to navigate through this tough downward turn. But we also had... Ian Vasey, the executive director for the uh, Economic Development Foundation out there. We had uh, some representation from the Port of Corpus Christi. And Omar Garcia, of course, who completely supports Teak's mission. So, you know, what we, what we experienced was a great deal of individuals wanting to come in and demonstrating that they want to grow their business. They want to get better engaged in oil and gas. And they want to learn about the topic and become advocates for this, you know, very uh, diverse and somewhat catered industry, energy. How do you join Teak? All you have to do is go to shellmag.com, and there is a landing page that says Teak, and they can certainly go online and join. They can email us and inquire as well if they'd like to, more information on Teak. You know, there's speaking opportunities as well. And so uh, it's just a great group, great group of folks. We do plan on growing this to be the largest advocacy group in Texas. And so uh, this next session, beginning in January, I look forward to getting our groups together and going out there and, and working closely with the real trade associations of energy and helping figure out what they need to go talk to our elected officials. And the launch party for Houston is coming up in the future, so keep your ear to the ground for that because there will be more information about the Teak launch party in Houston coming up. Now, not unrelated to Teak, Kim, is the Shell mobile app. Go. Well, well, you know, the mobile apps are where it's at. <laughs> I made a rhyme. And, you know, one of the things that we wanted to do was create a directory for our Teak members. It has the opportunity for them to put their business business card in there for uh, all the oil and gas producers to look at and hopefully utilize. So if you're a business, we want to hear about you. We want to grow the Shell mobile app. Um, and so it's a great directory of services in and outside of the oil and gas plus it has a blog on it as well you can find that at marketplace or at the app store the shale mobile app cover party's coming up kim how exciting we are returning back to san antonio for a cover party you know alvin in the past year we have had every cover party in houston to interview howard energy and its expansion in the, with their pipeline division into Mexico is pretty exciting. And their corporate office happens to be located in San Antonio, Texas. So we're looking forward to having our cover party. Brandon's done a pretty good job there. You know, he if you read his story, and I don't want to give it away, I hope that everybody will go online and, and read it because it's free. But 
it is a great story of a of a gentleman who has worked the majority of his time in in Mexico and really understands how to get things done um, over there. And now the benefit will be not only for the producers in the Eagle Forge Shell to take advantage of this wonderful pipeline, but also the citizens of Mexico in uh, Monterey, Mexico. New issues up now. That's right. It's on our website, shellmag.com. S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com. Now, Kim, I know you want to talk about our partners. We have some great partners with not only the magazine and the radio show, but a lot of different facets of some of the other stuff that we're going to get into in a minute. But talk about our partners. You know, Alvin, we, quite frankly, could not have the great exposure that we have without these partners. You know, running a publication and a radio show and advocacy groups, uh, they're not uh, free. And so our partners mean everything to us. They are partners who support energy and they support the further development that we need to continue to do more work to talk to the community. And so our partners like STEER, uh, South Texas Economic Energy Roundtable, and even the Calic Auto Group, who is a business uh, partner of ours, showing that there is great economic development that can come from the oil and gas sector by getting involved and getting engaged in the industry. Kim, we do need to take a break. You're listening to In the Oil Patch with Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine. My name's Alvin Bailey, along with your host, Kim Bellotto. We'll be right back. Amerijet's global cargo shipping and freight forwarding network is ready to take care of all your shipping needs. Shipping manufactured oversized parts, oil and gas field equipment, or supplies domestically or internationally? Amerijet is your full-service multimodal transportation and logistics provider, offering domestic and international scheduled all-cargo transport via land, sea, and air. Amerijet will connect your company to over 30 major cities in the U.S., with more than 625 destinations worldwide, providing global transportation solutions throughout the Americas, Mexico, the Caribbean, Europe, Asia, and the Middle East. Our 40-plus years of experience in the energy industry will help drive your excellent performance. Let Amerijet's global team ensure the safe delivery of your cargo, from oversized hazardous materials, which include oil and lubricants and heavy weight cargo, to your chosen destination. For on-time delivery, Amerijet Houston is your commercial shipping partner. Call Amerijet at 844-651-7956. Once again, that's 844-651-7956. Or visit us at Amerijet.com. Hey, oil and gas friends, Alvin Bailey here. You know, every week, Kim and I work really hard to bring you up to speed with what's going on out here in the Texas oil patch. I also want to take just a minute to talk to you about your fleet needs. Whether you have one truck or 1,000 trucks in your fleet, I can help you. Call me when you have a minute and let's talk trucks. Did you know that the Kalig Auto Group offers pickup and delivery right from our service departments? And I'll bring the dealership right to your desk. You don't need to drop what you're doing and come waste hours and hours of your valuable time haggling over pennies. I have a very transparent process with a simple pricing formula that ensures you're always going to get a very competitive price and the very best service available in the industry. So call me today, area code 830-480-3656. Again, 830-480-3656 and let's talk. The Kalig Auto Group has Ford and Ram trucks for your heavy-duty needs. We also carry Mazda, Subaru, Volkswagen, Jeep, even Lincoln and Lexus for your luxury needs, and we have an Audi store coming soon. So whether you need work trucks for your day-to-day -day business or a new Lincoln or Lexus for you personally, call me. My cell number is 830-480-3656. Again, 830-480-3656, or you can always email me 
abailey at kaligauto.com. That's abailey, B-A-I-L-E-Y, at kalig, K-A-H-L-I-G, auto, A-U-T-O, dot com. I look forward to seeing you down the road. Oilfield Experts is the only place you need to go to locate any part, any time for your automotive or oilfield equipment needs. Specializing in hard-to-find oil-filled parts for your fleet maintenance needs, oil-filled experts have been providing parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us to get the right part right now. Here's the number, so write it down. Oil-filled experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210-471-1923. And welcome back to this week's In the Oil Patch. I'm Alvin Bailey alongside your host, Kim Bellotto. And Kim, I think it's time to bring our guest onto the show. Take it away. Thanks, Alvin and Dan. Welcome back to In the Oil Patch radio show. Uh, Hi, thank you for having me back. You know, uh, it's been a while since you've been here. And so for some of our listeners who may not know uh, who you are, Dan, I wanted to introduce that you are the CEO of Canary LLC, correct? Uh, Yes, that is correct. And how about, um, what is the background that you have with um, your company? And tell us a little bit about Canary LLC. What do you guys do? Well, we, we are a uh, diversified oilfield service company with uh, history going back about 50 years or a little bit longer. And we operate, uh, we do a bunch of different oilfield services, but the wellhead and fractory rental are uh, two of our core competencies. And in, in Texas, we're in uh, Houston and Odessa and Crystal City. So we're in the Eagleford, the Permian, and then the uh, kind of requisite office in Houston. Okay. Well, um, I'm curious, you know, it, to say that um, every since the downward turn has occurred, um, we have had, you know, so many companies uh, weather the storm very differently. Some have weathered it very nicely. Some have had a great deal of difficulty. Um, how are you and your company weathering the storm? Since you've been in business for 50 years, I would imagine this was definitely not your first rodeo. So you were very familiar with the ups and the downs and were probably very prepared. Uh, well, I would I would say that we've definitely weathered the the uh, the storm I think pretty decently and I'm I'm really proud of our team and our guys and our women and, and what we've accomplished on the difficult environment um, you know that that said I mean it's definitely been uh, pretty difficult the rig count's gone from what around 2,000 to uh, you know short of 400 so obviously that's that's been a tumultuous uh, you know last 18 24 months for us but we're we're hanging in there and we're we're hoping that the uh, you know, spring is right around the corner. Right. Well, I, that was my next question is, so, you know, with your experience of, you know, being in the industry for so long, um, a lot of the, uh, you know, companies and the energy economists kind of feel that, um, you know, looking at how much um, surplus has been used up, the um, current market conditions that we are on the tail end of coming out of this storm. Do you kind of feel the same way? I mean, we're starting to see red counts. Yeah, no, I, I think we're in the, the, the sixth, seventh or eighth inning of this, depending on what you look at. I, I think that the, the red count has uh, bottomed in my opinion, and you've seen it go up for kind of three of the last four weeks. So I think that we've kind of hit a trough there. I think we see the commodity price, uh, WTI, really bottomed uh february of this year and i you know i think look for it to be flat or or continue to rise a little bit as we exit 16 and then i think a a confluence of events uh, have conspired to really burn off a lot of the excess inventory 
and that's led by uh, demand growth in the U.S. driving for the summer and in India, and then the the burning of the you know the wildfires in in Canada, which is a a negative event and something you don't want to see happen. But I think it's burned off all the excess inventory, and then you've seen kind of supply disruptions in Kuwait and Iraq, and then significant supply disruptions and continued outages um, in Nigeria that have materially affected their production. How do you think, you know, this recent vote from the UK of separating, um, how do you feel that, if anything, do you feel it'll affect um, our energy, um, you know, the energy partners here? Is it going to affect the United States in any way? And how fast do you see? Well, I, uh, I think I think the way it affects the United States is, is, really, uh, is really twofold. Number one, the Brexit vote uh, leads to the U.S. being less, the U.S. Federal Reserve being less likely to raise rates, um, which will lead to a higher price of oil in the in the medium term. As usually, usually a stronger dollar will lead to a lower oil price. Um, number two, I think that there's a dampening effect on worldwide growth uh, that's going to happen as a result of the Brexit vote. You know, particularly in Europe, but I think that will spread to the Western world. There could potentially be a dampening effect on worldwide growth. Um, and I hope that doesn't happen, but it, it definitely might. Yeah, there have been uh, different opinions on how this is going to affect us, uh, but mostly everybody is pretty confident that this won't have too much of an impact on us. You know, the other thing that is very interesting to me, Dan, is um, OPEC's stance that I think they released maybe about a week ago that um, they were planning on um, not opening the spigot, if you will. And I think they actually even kind of recognize that the shell revolution that's occurring is uh, something that's here uh, to stay and that um, they, that, you know, the country worldwide, we're just going to have to work in those numbers as well as the new numbers coming on or the new amount of oil coming on from Iran as well. What are your thoughts on that? So, yeah, so I, I think that OPEC, you know, I, I've been saying all, all through the bus that I think OPEC is a bit of a paper tiger, and I don't think they have the stomach really anymore to drive the markets like they did in the 70s and 80s. But I think you've got to look at OPEC through a couple of different lenses. Number one, I think that the the Saudis are definitely willing to act outside their economic interest if they can, uh, you know, negatively impact Iran. I think you've got to include that. Number two, I think that... Um, the Iranian production has been a bit of a dead cat bounce. Um, their production has that's come online has really been less than expected. And I think that's because, you know, sanctions or no sanctions, they're still subject to the same worldwide oil market that the Saudis are, that the U.S. is, that Russia is, which is not that great. So even without sanctions, they're still coming online in a market that's not that great. So it retards investment, doesn't encourage investment, and it's really hard to get things moving with such a tepid price environment and outlook for oil. And gas, um, but I I think you know to to get to the heart of your question, I think that really what's happened is shale has become the new swing producer, and and OPEC can't really control that. If the price spikes, you know, uh, even even a medium sized amount, I think the sh- the shale production is going to come back online really quickly, and I really think that the U.S. shale industry and the U.S. industry more in general can react quicker now uh, than the petro states and the OPEC members. And I think that's the future of, of oil and gas. You know, and with that, we do need to take a quick break. You're listening to In the Oil Patch with Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine, and we'll be right back.
Ever feel like you've hit a wall with your business? Like you haven't been able to turn the corner on a new avenue for your company? Well, Turning Point Strategies is here to help. Turning Point Strategies is for those startup companies or companies that have been doing very well, but maybe want to move to the next level or are at a turning point. They're looking to think outside the box, and that's where we come in. We provide those different strategies to help them turn the corner at that point where they need consulting services. At Turning Point Strategies, we can not only help you turn the corner, we will give you insight on how to prevent yourself from hitting another plateau. We have helped a lot of different companies at many different levels succeed. Call us today at 210-227-5678. Again, that number is 210-227-5678. And visit our website, turningpointstrategies.com. Again, that's turningpointstrategies.com. Are you at your turning point? Hey, 2016 is a great time to grow your business, and there is no time like the present to improve the awareness of your brand. Any business can benefit from advertising to the oil and gas industry, but it's really important to partner with a marketing company that has a proven track record with this growing industry. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us, info at shalemag.com. Again, that's info at shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G, dot com. Or you can call us, 210-240-7188. Again, that's 210-240-7188. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine provides services like print advertising and digital marketing. Our digital advertising services include website, email, radio, video, and social media. Shale also provides specialized web services from website management to search engine optimization and social media management. Visit our website, shalemag.com. Once again, that's shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G.com to learn more. Shale is your one-stop shop for growing your business. Pick up the phone today and call 210 210- 240-7188. Again, 210-240-7188. And we're back with In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is Dan Eberhardt. Um, and we were discussing before the breakdown a little bit about OPEC. And, you know, there's such there's so many things that have been occurring in the last year, um, things that have just been monumental in the oil and gas industry. And one of the most significant things that occurred was the export ban being lifted. It had not uh, been, uh, it had been around for over 40 years, right? And so with that ban being lifted, tell me a little bit about um, how, um, from the time it was um, repealed till now, how do you see it has impacted your industry and um, how has it also impacted uh, the price of oil? Sure. Well, num- number one, you know, I, I think that the, you know, I was very active, active in the effort to try to get the crude oil export being repealed. Um, I think it's a long-term and medium-term, a huge positive benefit for the oil and gas industry. I don't think, look, it's, it's not the, the, the magic pill cure for the oil bust we're experiencing right now. No, not at all. I think it's, it's more of a medium and long-term health benefit. It's like, exercising every day or eating healthy every day it's not a magic cure but it's definitely going to help your longevity and it's definitely going to help you know the in in our case the industry in the medium term i think it gives the u.s domestic producers you know more encouragement to spend money more encouragement to drill in the u.s and it says that if we if we produce more than we consume that we're going to be able to market it in the worldwide market. And a lot of people don't know this, but I, I found this out when I was working on the uh, crude oil export being repeal effort. You know, the price people pay at the pump is tied to Brent oil, not tied to WTI. And I think that's really interesting because a lot of the pushback on getting the ban repealed was it's going to make the gasoline price higher. 
Well, no, it's it's actually going to lead to more supply in the worldwide market, which will put the price of rent down. The, the other thing you've seen um, happen since the ban has been repealed is there's been a convergence in the, the spot price of WTI and Brent. They seem to have leveled off and caught up with each other, correct? And and, and, and it used yes. to be before the repeal, it was like $10 difference. The United States would get $10 less, more or less on the average, than what worldwide yeah, and, price and, and, was. And that was. And that was effectively the tax or the cost of the crude oil export ban. Okay, so now it's kind of leveled off. Well, you know, I think the other thing that was just really um, uh, strange to me was had the price of oil probably not fallen, I think that everybody was so busy just keeping up with rig count and so busy that they really probably would not have visited, we need to repeal this ban. It's been in place for over 40 years. It makes no sense. There's no reason why the United States cannot export to our uh, allies worldwide, and they are kind of being forced to purchase uh, from countries that are not so friendly to them to themselves as well as to the United States, correct? And so... You know when this when this occurred. Yeah, well, in in a in a, in a in a serendipitous way, it was really the oil bust uh, that allowed us to get the votes to pass the crude oil export ban repeal in the Senate. In in a weird twist of fate, had had the price remained high, I don't think there would have been the votes in the Senate. The the other thing that was extraordinarily helpful in getting the votes was just the national security aspect of being able to export into a worldwide market, particularly Europe and to keep the pressure on the Russians and to give the Europeans another outlet and another place to go. I totally, you know, the strange thing, though, is since it's been repealed, you, you, we do see a lot in the media as far as ships heading out a port and going and delivering, but there hasn't been a lot of discussion on how really beneficial outside of that has it been for the U.S. producers, for the United States as a whole, and um, so, you know, you talked about the prices and how they uh, affect uh, each other and how uh, gas prices won't go up because of that. Can we explore that a little bit more? I want you to break that down of, of how does that equate to not increasing gas prices? Sure. Well, n- number one, I think it, it, it's really hard to measure the effect of it because I think the whole thing has been kind of swamped by the oil bust. So I think it's going to be really hard to kind of pick the data points out to show what the GDP growth has or hasn't been because of the export ban being repealed. I think it's more, it's more like it won't cap the growth market. Um, as we get close to energy independence, that's where I think it will really positively impact GDP growth, but really the, the net, the net beneficiary or the, the net losers of this were really the refiners People don't understand really that the delta between Brent WTI was not being captured by the American motorists. It was being captured by the the refiners, particularly the independent refiners, were really getting the the economic profit, to use an economist term, or the the delta between the two. So it was really the refiners that were profiting, not that the consumer was getting a cheaper cost at the pump. There also, you know, people don't know this, but there's also a stronger correlation in the price of Brent in the international market, not not the price of WPI. So the price you pay to pump uh, has a tighter correlation with Brent, not with WTI. 
in America, which I which I didn't know when I started the effort to try to help get the crude oil export being repealed, and I found fascinating. Very, very interesting. Well, Dan, we have to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Hey, oil and gas friends, Alvin Bailey here. You know, every week, Kim and I work really hard to bring you up to speed with what's going on out here in the Texas oil patch. I also want to take just a minute to talk to you about your fleet needs. Whether you have one truck or 1,000 trucks in your fleet, I can help you. Call me when you have a minute and let's talk trucks. Did you know that the Kalig Auto Group offers pickup and delivery right from our service departments? And I'll bring the dealership right to your desk. You don't need to drop what you're doing and come waste hours and hours of your valuable time haggling over pennies. I have a very transparent process with a simple pricing formula that ensures you're always going to get a very competitive price and the very best service available in the industry. So call me today, area code 830-480-3656. Again, 830-480-3656, and let's talk. The Kalig Auto Group has Ford and Ram trucks for your heavy-duty needs. We also carry Mazda, Subaru, Volkswagen, Jeep, even Lincoln and Lexus for your luxury needs, and we have an Audi store coming soon. So whether you need work trucks for your day-to-day business or a new Lincoln or Lexus for you personally, call me. My cell number is 830-480-3656. Again, 830-480-3656, or you can always email me a Bailey at KaligAuto.com. That's A Bailey, B A I L E Y, at Kalig, K A H L I G, Auto, A U T O.com. I look forward to seeing you down the road. Oil Field Experts is the only place you need to go to locate any part, any time for your automotive or oil field equipment needs. Specializing in hard-to-find oil-filled parts for your fleet maintenance needs, oil-filled experts have been providing parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us to get the right part right now. Here's the number, so write it down. Oil-filled experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210-471-1923. And we're back within the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is Dan Eberhardt, who is the CEO of Canary LLC. Dan, before the break, we were having a great discussion, so let's jump back into it. I just want to get maybe some of your thoughts on um, where you think uh, we will end up. One of, one of the things I would like to talk about is just I, I think that the, the world uh, – so U.S. production declined like 1970 to 2008 – and the worldwide standard became Brent as opposed to WTI. We still talk about WTI in the U.S., but worldwide they really talk about Brent. And I think that needs to revert back because Brent is, is – the North Sea field is dying. The number of data points is falling, and I think it really makes sense, especially, with, with, especially because of the resurgence of shale, to start pricing worldwide contracts in WTI, not Brent. That, that's one of the main issues that I intend to start really pushing publicly is I think it's time to get back to WTI as the pricing point because the, the U.S. has moved from 5 million barrels a day to a, you know a kind of a peak at 9.6, and now it's down to about 8.7. It will end the year at 8.2 or 8.3 million barrels. But why is the worldwide price, you know, quote-unquote Brent, based off four fields in the North Sea with production of 250,000 barrels a day? What do you think has more data points, 250,000 barrels a day or 8 million plus? Well, I would think 8 million plus. So what does that look like um, and how does that occur? 
Well, I mean, both both prices are still quoted publicly. I mean, you can find them on Bloomberg terminals. A lot of times the news will carry both. You know, a station like Bloomberg or CNBC will carry both. Uh, but I, I think it's really a matter of switching which one's on the top. And I think the data really just speaks for itself. The U.S. was a dying oil field, and that's why the switch occurred. But now the converse is true. You know, yes, yes, the U.S. production has fallen during the bust, and that, that's definitely true. But it's a relative low, and everybody, you know, even OPEC thinks it's going to come back when the price swings. But it's still many, you know, it's still 20 times the production of what's occurring in the in the North Sea. The North Sea is a dying field. It, it declined from 08 to 14. You know, and the slope of it's obviously increased in the downturn, but it was declining even when the price was rising. Why, why is the worldwide pricing based off of a small dying field? I mean, not, not, to, not to add injury to insult with the whole Brexit thing. But I, I think it increasingly makes sense to pivot back to WTI being the worldwide price and Brent just being one of the other prices. So, Dan, that's an interesting uh, question. You're posing an interesting question. Who would make that change that we would move to WTI from Brent? Number one, I, I think it's the traders in the, in the worldwide um, financial cities. So, you know, New York is obviously going to be largely priced in WTI as it is. And, and WTI is really the Western Hemisphere price and the North American price already. But so I think you've got to look to places like London and Hong Kong and Singapore um, and others that need to make the pivot to selling more contracts in WTI than Brent. I also think you've got to look to uh, the, you know, the oil and uh, shipping community as well as uh, the media to really change, you know, which one is on top and which one is on bottom, you know. In a lot of ways, these are like the, you know, the Dow Jones average versus the Hang Seng average versus the FTSE 100 and which is the most relevant or most important. But I think that it's really a case of it's time to go back to the future and, and price in WTI and look at Brent as just a, a minor price that's, you know, maybe on the dashboard, but is not the pivotal one anymore. I just don't think it makes sense anymore. And so this will probably come about and evolve slowly as um, more production is coming out from, like, the United States. And eventually it goes back into WTI versus Brent, correct? Yes, yes. And I, I think it's just a matter of the traders and the financial media and the oil and gas media really pivoting to, to putting more emphasis on WTI. And I, I just I think it's based on the volume of, of oil and gas and where it's coming from and where it's flowing and who's buying. And I think it just makes more sense. And Dan, explain to me, what does it mean if it was to go to WTI? How does it benefit the United States versus if we stay at Brent, where we are currently? Well, number one, I mean, in, in, in some ways it's a matter of semantics, but in some ways it's very important. You know, oil oil is priced in dollars anyway. Even if you're buying off a of Brent price, the Brent price is based in dollars. But there's going to be more, both more data points and there's going to be more clarity on on the price because of the fact that there's more there is more oil coming out of the U.S. and the markets are more focused on the U.S. and the the, the North Sea is composed of four fields that are all dying, so it's it's going to be even harder to get data points out of it in the future. And do you think that because it's West Texas Intermediate that maybe um, there is more uh, belief that there will be credible data long-term to support pricing, and so there's going to be left, 
less shift um, movement in that in the market in that area. So it's probably yes. Well, I think there's there's more activity. There's more dollars spent. There's more dollars invested, and there's just quite simply more volume. So you uh, had mentioned that you know you hope to see that uh, change and looking at WTI. So tell me, what are your plans on how are you going to? Um, help try to get this change. I know, you know, talking to us and uh, putting it out there uh, to the media is important, but um, have you garnished any support anywhere from uh, any companies or elected officials to help start uh, the process of why are we not changing it to WTI for pricing? Um, well, well, I think it's I think it's going to be less elected officials and, and more market-driven, but, you know, we're just, you know, out there in, in addition to doing what we do in the field and trying to excel at that. And, and having a focus on safety, in, in addition to those things, this is, you know, Canary just is out there trying to be a thought leader on some of these issues. And I would, you know, put point to our uh, campaign to uh, help get the crude oil export ban repealed. We're going to do, you know, similar things with that, like we did with that, uh, with this. So, I you know, I have a blog on our website. I'm actively tweeting. And we're just going to try to talk about it and be, be thought leaders in the space on this. Well, you know, education is powerful, and and, uh, you're on the right path of helping to explain the differences between both and why uh, we probably should be moving to WTI. With that, Dan, we have to take a real quick break, and we'll be right back with In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Welcome to the newest and finest housing option in the Eagle Ford. Eagle Heights in Pleasanton has been especially designed to meet the interim housing needs of working professionals. Our service department packages offer everything from furnishings and housekeeping to covered parking and concierge services. At Eagle Heights, you can enjoy the comfort and peace of mind that come with interior hallways, elevator access, and electronic locks. High-speed internet access, gourmet kitchens, and free premium cable make life a breeze. We're great for business, too, with multiple density options, oversized parking, and functional meeting spaces. If you or your company are ready to enjoy big city amenities with the convenience and hospitality that Pleasanton affords, check us out at eagleheightsdevelopment.com or come see us. We're directly across from the Pleasanton Airport. See you there. And we're back within the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is Dan with Canary LLC. And Dan, before the break, um, we were having some interesting discussions on um, the uh, WTI and price of oil, but... So now I'm curious to get your thoughts on, um, you know, we've been through a bust. We all believe we're coming back out of it. But the the main thing that I think is on everyone's mind is when do we really bounce back to uh, a rate that is uh, feasible for oil companies and service companies to really get back to work? Is that the $60 mark? And, you know, when is that? Is that um, the latter part of the year? Is it 2017? Uh, what are your thoughts? Well, I, I think it's different for different basins. I, I think a floor of $50, we're going to see a decent amount of, of activity or some kind of green shoots in the lower cost basins, uh, particularly the Permian and the, and the Midcon, Midcon in Oklahoma and around there. I think the Eagle Ford's a little bit higher, and I think the Bakken is higher still. Um, one of the things I think that's going to be different different this cycle when it comes back is I think uh, a basin like the Bakken is just not going to be is not going to be able to get away with having a higher cost structure from the ser- service company uh, perspective. I think the cost structure for the Bakken is going to be more like the Eagle Ford uh, than like the old Bakken when this comes back. 
I think that's going to be one result, one kind of shakeout we're going to see as a result of the, the bust we're experiencing. Um, but to more directly answer your question, I, I think that, you know, somewhat north of $50 is a good place for the Permian. Um, I think the, the Eagle for and the Bakken are going to need to see more like $65. And I'm, I'm also starting to hear that, you know, gas is, is, is uh, 275, 280, 285 right now. When natural gas, I think, cracks three, I think we're going to see more activity in the Fayetteville, the Marcellus, and the Haynesville. And I think that could be uh, a story that seems to be uh, not played so much in the media, but I think the shale gas um, may have a quick recovery here in Q1. Um, and that kind of story is escaping the media's attention uh, to a large degree right now. So the energy sector will make the the recovery pretty slow towards the end of the year, but in 2017, you guys will have a much uh, different landscape, hopefully, and um, and uh, be able to um, see, we'll see more activity. And, you know, it's really important we see that because there's so much interconnected. So if the energy industry is doing well, then there's a flurry of other jobs from other hosts outside of the energy sector that also benefit. And that's kind of what we're waiting to see. You know, if you worked on uh, repealing the export ban, there were you and I think um, Harold Hamm was another one. There were quite a few oil companies and um, executives. And there was Pace. There was Pace, and um, we worked with Pace. We worked with API. Mm -hmm. There were some certain. Yeah, the U.S. Chamber was sort of there on the issue. You know, speaking of that, we actually have uh, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce coming in for a state of energy that we're going to hold in Corpus um, to have the discussion on what what is the state of energy, and that'll be, uh, I think, in October. Um, so we'll send you some information and see if you might want to attend that. But Karen Her- Herbert will be our keynote speaker. Um, sure. And we and we, we feel that we're, you know, there's very few service companies that are out there on these type of issues. I agree with you. I mean, we deal with the, the majors as well, some of these, you know, major publicly service companies, and they just don't want to talk. You know, there's like, no. <laughs> but then, you know, they're publicly traded, so everything they say is is monitored but we we had to step over our marketing company or our marketing firm we basically had to step over them to talk about the export ban issue they they were extremely against it at first you know every every everybody wants everything to be so pc and what if you offend your customers i'm like my customers are oil companies i don't i don't think they're going to want to not export yeah you know i just don't under i mean i guess that's why for the last you know we're going on five years but i guess that's why we truly have um, become a, a great media source is because we, we really go out there and, and try to talk on behalf of companies that just don't feel comfortable doing it. And they'll give us some information, but then it's for us to carry it. And I think now, after looking five years back, when we first started, it was really bad. And you guys are learning, and oil companies are learning how to talk, because if you don't talk, then your environmentalist, your regulators, I mean, regulatory uh, guys, they're going to talk for you. Um, and so I think the first crack that we saw was actually the export ban that there were, you know, the independents were out there and they were fighting. And um, I think it inspired some of the majors to talk. I mean, we've had some really great covers that are coming forward um, in 2017. Yeah, I, I, I think the whole fracking debate got completely away from me. It just completely ran away from the industry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I think so. Yeah. 
Well, Dan, thank you for being a guest on our radio show today. And for our listeners, anybody who may want to get in contact with you to learn more information or follow you on your uh, wonderful blog that you've been producing, please give me the information on where we can find you. Our website is www.canaryusa.com, and I have a blog where I talk about energy policy on the website. And then my Twitter handle is at D-A-N-E-B-E-R-H-A-R-T. And I uh, forward articles and, and comment on activities in politics and oil and gas on my Twitter feed. Well, Dan, thank you so much for being a guest today on uh, in the Old Patch Radio Show. And as always, we look forward to you coming back and talking to us a little bit about the energy industry. Okay, thank, thank you for having me again, Kim. Well, thanks again, Dan. One more great show in the books for this week. And you guys probably have guessed what time it is. That's right. It's trivia time. Hey, if you are the first person to email the correct answer to radio at shellmag.com, again, that's radio at shell, S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com, you will win a $75 gift certificate to the beautiful and yummy Palm Restaurant in Houston, Texas. So, today's trivia question. Today, our guest, Dan, was discussing the differences between Brent and WTI. What does WTI stand for? Email your response to radio at shellmag.com. And remember, the first correct email will win a $75 gift certificate to the Palm Restaurant in Houston. Hey, you guys, be sure to like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash in the oil patch radio show. Or follow us on Twitter at shellmag. Thanks for listening to In the Oil Patch and so long. In the Oil Patch is where together we learn and explore topics that affect us all in oil and gas, business, and in your community. Every week, our host, Kim Bilotto, along with me, Alvin Bailey, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.